All right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Stephen. Happy New Year, Justin. What's up? Hey, Printavo Pronouncers, welcome back to the Print Hustlers podcast. I'm Bruce from Printavo. We've got Stephen Farrig. We've got Justin Lawrence out of Oklahoma City. We got a really cool 2022 recap, the best and worst episode. Anything surprising, Stephen? Um, we learned a lot about the cannabis industry. <laughs> we did learn a lot about that. Um, just the woes of, uh, I think people management came out too. Um, but also some really cool stuff. I think, especially around the life management, I, I think like, you know, we dedicate everything to the business and then let the personal life suffer a lot and then we're going to create a better balance over time. So that was really cool. But real quick, we've got some awesome sponsors that we're going to jump in and talk about. First off, Easy Way. Steven? Justin, use Easy Way? We love Easy Way. It's the easiest way. Is there anything else we have to say? Not today. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what chemicals do you use? Uh, I have to go. I don't know. I don't want yeah, to. They're so good. You don't even know. Um, when it's, you don't it's, hear it's the easiest way. Set when it, you don't it. hear from your, you don't hear from your reclaim that thing, that means everything's going well. We use 701, 842. Thanks easy way for everything. You guys are awesome. We appreciate you. If you value a company to help you with those how to's best practices and questions, easy ways there, give them a go. All right, Bruce, who you got next? Supercolor. So Supercolor is the world's best heat transfer. Um, they've actually got something that I'm just leaking out a little bit here. This V2 transfer that, oh, sh- Ooh, wait. All right. Maybe I didn't say that. Maybe I did. Anyway, they've got something new coming out. But also check out their new guide too. So supercolor.com slash print hustlers. Supercolor's got some amazing heat transfers that they also have this guide they made that helps you with pricing. What's a really good quality heat press to buy different types of transfers, using them, hard to print locations, gradients, um, high color designs. All this really good stuff is in this PDF guide, supercolor.com slash print hustlers. And look forward to this really cool announcement i think we're recording with them at long beach yeah so they'll be able to um, talk about it soon you can use printavo 15 and get 15 percent off your order so don't yeah. forget about that um you know who else we're gonna see at long beach nick wood nick called me to make sure i was had a ride from the airport um and wanted to know what i was doing on saturday night and if you need a solution to improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department, if you go to one nine hundred hot stuff, you will find Graphic Source. Graphic Source offers industry leading outsource options for your shop by truly becoming a part of your team. They plug and play with Printavo and other shop management software. So when it comes to SEPs, mockups, creative art order management, embroidery digitizing, back office admin, and customer service, there's no better company in our industry to work with. With over thirty years in the game, they really know and understand shop needs and have a proven track record of success hit them up graphicsource.com you can get 50 percent off your first vector sep or embroidery order and you will definitely see them at long beach heck yeah all right multicraft daddy is now at ladies and gentlemen 520 followers thank you make sure you go ahead and follow him all right they've got something exciting <laughs> coming down the pipeline <laughs> Very soon, uh, really cool partnership. But if you need ink supplies or a daddy, Multicraft Screen Printing and Digital Supplies for <laughs> over 50 years have been providing you with top brands at competitive pricing. Hey, and make sure to mention the Printavo podcast 
and you will get 10% off your first order with them. They are great. Dave couldn't be at Print Hustlers because uh, the planes were all canceled. And so as long as he doesn't fly southwest to Long Beach, <laughs> maybe he'll be in his full dad garb that he's working on. I think he's working on a new logo, too. So sweet. All right. All right. Let's, let's jump get on to it. Owner, CEO, operator, guy of uh, Oklahoma Shirt Company, of which we did a really cool shop tour. And maybe producer Chris, you could put his shop tour down below. I think that was pretty enlightening. Um, thanks for joining on such short notice too. For of our, course, uh, anything for you guys. Um, <laughs> for our Justin uh, was the best MC of all time at Print Hustlers. If you didn't go, you missed sing-alongs, games, a lot of other yeah. stuff. Seriously, are you? Have you hosted an event before like that? Uh, I mean, not like that, but events Just where an event. yeah, groups of people get together and largely need to be entertained. Uh, that is one of the, again, entertain a room most of the time. Okay. Yeah. You were spectacular. Um, I was just though noticing and then your internet cut out, but you, uh, you had like a solemn look when you logged in, you like your hands are on your head like this and you're just like, you know, breathing very slowly. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I, yeah, I it's thank you for asking. Um I just stepped away from a tough conversation and uh so this is me switching, you know, getting back in a different headspace. So I wear it drives my wife crazy, but I wear my emotions uh on my face, on my sleeve. Uh but you know, you're getting what you get. If I'm happy, I'm in a good mood. You can see it. I'm not very good at hiding it. <laughs> Justin, can you flip the switch real quick? Yeah, got it. Um, you can go from <laughs> mean boss to crazy boss to fun boss. Yeah. That's the hard um, part. When I have to be boss, that's my least favorite job. You know, like, Jesus, at this point, if you don't know what the hell's going on, then what are you doing? Now, there's course corrections and there's like, and I certainly have my own side of I don't provide great leadership sometimes or I don't communicate my expectations in a clear way. Um but also when it's like, y'all, we've talked about the same thing a hundred times. Why do I still have to remind you to do X, Y, or Z? Thus is the curse of being a small business owner, you know? Did you guys mess up a job today? Uh, I don't know. Uh, this was not Oklahoma Shirt Company. This is a different great. business. That's this great. Is across, uh, this is next door. Chill. Um, I've started, yeah, chill. I've started over. I'm in the garage again with another business and... I don't have near the patience uh, nor the capacity to deal with all of the things that you normally deal with when you're starting a business from scratch. Uh, I just expect it to work. And, you know, that's I large I fail and stumble time and time again because I just do the same thing, expecting the same results. And it's silly. Justin, I know we're going to get into like a bunch of questions today. And I think it's cool that we're bringing you on to do year end stuff. But like how much fun is it to build a company again? Or is it not? Yeah, dude. Or is it not? Because uh, I don't know if I have both. that energy again, to be honest. Bruce, you ain't wrong. I've told my wife that like, I will not, I'm not starting another company once again, ever again. It's like having children. I've realized like you just, and I, my wife has largely raised our children. I try to be there as much as I can um, and support, but it's just, 
I understand like you, cause the only way to do it right. And the only way to do it well is like, you have to make something special and you can't just fund something well, hire the right people, put it in the right spot. You can't do all of the things and then it just expect it to work. Um, which is what I did. So yeah, I'm worn out. I don't want to do it again. I will do other things that don't involve, um, creating a business from scratch and trying to earn the trust of people in your town or city to come give you their money for your products or services. <laughs> so no, I would not do it again. I don't know if this, yeah, I mean, cause you say that, but also you did. So it's like you were interested enough to jump in, right? Well, I didn't know better, you know, Oklahoma shirt company's winning. Hey, cool. And then like there's yeah. opportunity and really me jumping, starting another business next door ultimately was a distraction and, damaging mm. to Oklahoma share company. Um, but I, I had partners and then I didn't, and then I got a new set of partners and then I didn't. And then I realized like the only way out of this problem is to fold, you know, and just walk away and say it's done or to go right through the middle of it and, and make something special and make it great. And so here we are like making it great and making it special on principle. And it, again, it's the only way I think, it's the only way I know how to solve the problem. You know, I don't have, if someone were to come by and want to buy a business, uh, that's one way to solve the problem. But I don't, um, I don't know how to do that yet. But my buddy Steven does. <laughs> <laughs> or our buddy Bruce does. My buddy Bruce does. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool, man. Well, um, hopefully that conversation fixes it or... Or, <laughs> no, or something. No, else, I talk about it's about other... taking trash out and sticking to the plan and being consistent and like doing a good job and not blowing up the plan every week and starting over. No, you have even if it fails, like you have to. It's like having a budget. You have to make a budget, and then you have to submit yourself to that budget. And if that budget doesn't work, then you just you fix it you don't blow it up and start over again. You, uh, you change, you course correct. And then you try again and you try again and you try again. And I thought you were talking directly to my marketing team, but, uh, I guess <laughs> we share similar, uh, they're, they're not going to listen to this. If you're listening to this guys, you message me right now, Venmo you 50 bucks. Um, anyways, best and worst of 2022. Should we do it? Let's do it. Let's jump yeah. on in. All right, Bruce, we got to put you on the, on the spot first though. Because oh. you always, Bruce knows how to dig and like ask all the hard questions. But I feel like now that we have power in numbers here, we can just we can just go at Bruce. So we're gonna run through Bruce. You want to kind of run down what we're gonna do? Yeah. All right. So um, we've got a bunch of different uh, best and worst that we want to talk about. And we're gonna try to be as honest as possible. Um, obviously we've got Steven and Justin here, actual shop owners. I'm going to try to share as much as that I can that, uh, that I think will be helpful more probably on the business side. Um, that'll be relevant. And then we've got business related stuff and then also personal stuff. And then we'll wrap up with a, a kind of prediction aspect of it as far as how we're looking at this year. And, and I'm going to tag this. I'll, I'll post it somewhere so that we can review it in a year. That'd be kind of cool to to look back and and see where uh, were we right or were we just completely way off. So, um, the first thing though I did want to share, which I thought was really cool, and this is maybe more for you, Stephen, is just that uh, over the whole year there were four hundred and forty two thousand YouTube listens slash views, 
and 60,000 listens. So about half a million total listens on different channels of, you know, um, all the content that we're putting out. So for, you know, thank you to obviously everybody listening. I had no idea it was that size, but I also don't know what size is good or small. You know, I think we all listen to podcasts that are massive and are like, all right, cool. This has just always been a fun thing to be able to get guests to come on. Um, but yeah, so sweet. Nice job. Clapping. Uh, good job, Bruce. Clapping noise. Um, Both of y'all. Good job. That's influence. That's like you've built something that clearly people give a damn about. You've made something special. Yeah. <laughs> just, no, I think it is really You're cool welcome. and super excited. You know, I, I think Stephen and I are always texting each other back and forth of different guest ideas or, you know, if we're running low to get on a zoom to, to jump in and be able to grab new folks. We've got a really exciting 2023 coming up with um, a bunch of other new folks and it's easier now to get people onto the podcast, which is fun too. I could just message more people not have to explain as more people have heard it and want to jump on. So I like that. All right. Anyway, you guys ready? Should we just jump on in? Just get started? Let's do it. (laughs) Just maybe able to kick this one off for us here. But what we wanted to talk about first is best and worst business decision, uh, parentheses, business decisions um, of 2022. So... There could be a lot. There could first. be little. Do you want to start, Justin? You want to start with best, or do you want to start with worst, or are you just gonna riff? I'm gonna riff. Probably they might be the same thing. Um, so with chill, like what I was saying earlier, um, and this is just business in general. This isn't. I I can think about Osco if I need to, but um, I reached a point with chill where it was I needed to either you know, make this thing special and turn it into something and kind of go all in full time on this thing, or I need to shut it down. And I went all in on it, um, with my own time, uh, with my own resources, uh, with Oklahoma shirt Company's resources, um, to just make something that was special. And so I, um, I have, I have injured my own business and my own personal wealth um, or whatever it is. Um, I've just, I've really stepped up to make this thing special. And, uh, if I could do chill all over again, I, 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 if we're just in the spirit of being honest, I probably would not have done it. Um, but here we are and it's a decision that I made and I'm here to reap the fruits and the consequences of it. And so I'm, um, I'm just hell bent on making it great. And, um, and that's, I think there's a uniqueness that comes with like, there's a specialness that comes with an owner that's really motivated with a small business and a small team to make something really great. Um, the customer certainly benefits from a high quality product, usually at a really uh, competitive price. I'm trying to brand it the best that I can. And we're trying to be cutting edge and resourceful. And, and Steven, like you said, like part of what building a business all over again or starting over, I've done it right this time around. You know, we've invested in the best technology. We've invested in the um, doing everything proper. So it's like, instead of starting in the garage and getting, you know, used pieces of equipment and cutting your teeth on screen printing and learning and, you know, under curing a bunch of shirts and learning that lesson. No, we're just kind of jumping all in. And I have a partner in it that he is, uh, he brings a load, <clears throat> he brings a wealth of industry experience. Um, 
So it's kind of fun. Like I'm here to bring this operational stability and to crack the whip and to hold a line with a really small team to make the most profitable little engine that we can. Um, and also the only way for it to be profitable in a market that's as saturated as Oklahoma is uh, with cannabis is to make something that stands out. So here we are. So I think I probably think... the both like best decision I made was kind of a triage life support decision that we have to do this. Worst decision was probably that as well. You didn't, did you say what grow, is chill is by the way, at the beginning? Chill is a, uh, Chill is a, is a cannabis business in Oklahoma. We, uh, it's a dispensary. It's vertically integrated. So it's a dispensary. It's, it does cultivation, growing, and it's a processor. So we, can, we create our own products. We grow our own flour. And then we manufacture them into either flour or into rosin or into disposable cartridges uh, or into pre-rolls. And then we have a – there's a retail side of our business where we sell out of our own dispensary. And then there's a wholesale side where we, um, we provide our products to multiple dispensaries around the state. It's like a contract printer for weed. hundred percent. It's the same. I mean, it's the same damn thing. Like it's this, how, how much, you just, how much time do you think you, you cut off from the growth of that business by just like going super legit right away, getting a partner that knows what the hell they're doing right away instead of the, the sort of garage phase, like you said, like a year, say, three I'm years. Sorry. How much time did I save? Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely quite a bit. Um, quite a bit of time bringing, well, chill is four years old for the first three years. She's kind of been asleep really first two years. She was asleep. Maybe she's five years old. Uh, first three years she was asleep for the past two years has really been when we kind of turned over a new leaf, uh, literally and figuratively. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it's a relentless pursuit of, and we just, I just know what the end of the story is a lot faster. Like I've seen this play out. I know what consistent sales looks like. I know what a good retail experience looks like. I don't have to wonder how, how should I solve this customer service issue? I know when it's time to like cut bait and just abandon a process or when, you know, we need to put our noses down and do it right. So it's so faster. Justin, does the rest of the team rely on your, do they always like, do you compare what you do at Oklahoma Shirt Company to the dispensary? Like, do they get sick of that? Like, well, at Oklahoma Shirt Company, we do this, so we're going to do that. Are you like applying? I a will lot say, of, yeah, go ahead. There's a. It helps that like so. There's a small team at Chill. There's me, my business partner Ben, who's the head cultivator. There's Noah, who's the dispensary and kind of store manager. Then there's Mikey, who is, uh, who is. Uh, Ben's right-hand man in the grow. And then there's two other guys, Deacon and Zach. And what they do, they run the dispensary. You know, they're, and Noah runs the dispensary. So there's this retail thing that we have to keep up all the time. It's open from nine to nine every day. Um, and then, but those guys, while they're running the store, they're also running, um, they're doing a lot of the manufacturing. So they're making, you know, a lot of the products that we make. Um, the store probably has 20 to 50 visitors a day. Um, and not all of them purchase, but they come in or they check things out or they go through. We have in our lobby a disc golf store. But I say all of that. Um, Mikey, Noah and Zach, three of them, they used to work at Osco. Hmm. So they have a perception of me. Um, ben, my partner, uh, has a deep has a deep respect for Osco and what we've built. And so 
I, yes, I qualify everything. I, I have, a, I have, I play probably an unfair amount of trump cards of like, Hey, I'm not doing this all over again, or I've seen this played out. So there, there's a, it's a, it's an acknowledged respect and it's an acknowledged um, appreciation that, you know, we don't have to like what you said, Bruce, we don't have to spend a lot of times figuring out like, how did we do this in the garage or how should we do this? No, like, Hey, this is the way this is what we're doing. And I, and bringing a decade of experience of building a business, um, and then dropping it into this little business is, yeah, it's a, it's a great skill set. I That's know what it is. What is it? You want to guess? I don't yeah, know. What would you say? Yeah, I it's, do want to okay. guess. I'm, I'm going to say it's kind of that double whammy as well. Um, I took in outside funding this year in 2022, whether it be from a billionaire or from other investors, I decided to take my business down a journey that has a very low success rate, um, where, you know, 90% of startups fail. Um, and I did that because it's the start to an exit. Um, and part of me regrets it sometimes where I think, Hmm, like, could I just keep running this like a good old small business? Um, or do I want something bigger? And I definitely went for the chase and, uh, I still struggle with that. I mean, it's not easy whatsoever. And there's a lot of pressure that comes with it. Um, from that we've brought on 23 new employees in nine months. Um, and it's just turned into a completely different beast. So I hope I don't regret it. (laughs) (laughs) If you were to like, what's the biggest benefit you've recognized in the past three months, six months? The biggest benefit to bringing in outside funding is, um, Kevin Baumgart says this, you get to do things as you ought. Um, you don't have to cut a lot of corners and you can spend quickly on what you need. So I have a CFO, I have a CTO, I'm able to maybe over hire a little bit. Um, you know, I am not as worried about profitability as we're growing. Um, and that's fun. It's like giving a kid a super soaker. Um, <laughs> uh, there, there's a fun component to it. Like, I'm not going to lie. Right. Um, it lets us cut through, like cut through glass. Um, you know, the opportunities that are open are insane. Um, but the pressure is also insane, um, because investors want to make their money back somehow. So, and I have to do that for them. I feel like you've got, I, I mean, I feel like some of the hires though you made have been some of your best decisions. Like, I mean, your CFO, I, Steve. I, I think the, the, the coolest part about it, and we'll get to best hires and all that stuff, is I literally am, I, I can afford to build with my best friends. Like, I was in school, everyone became an accountant or a consultant or an engineer and went off and worked in Chicago. And then now when we're all 30, like, we, I got them back. Um, and that is the coolest part that, that has made my job so much fun is to work with my peers, literally my college roommates, um, or people that I've built with in the past, and then we can really hack on projects. So it has allowed me to create a really fun team and a team that I can, like, I get to build with my best friends. Um, so I think that's, that's the best part of it. What about those business groups? That feels like a pretty good business decision. Um, um, the, or hired coaches and yeah. did some other education stuff. Um, cool. I mean, I have a coach for everything, right? Like from a sales coach to a therapist to a personal trainer. Um, I just know that I'm going through volatile times and I need as much guidance and help as possible. And so, um, 
that was probably one of the big things that I did this year. Um, and I'm not shy about it. Like my team knows, you know, um, I have all those things and I need them because there's no way I can get through it, uh, without that kind of guidance. So, yeah. Um, I've joined some exec groups. Bruce wants to know a couple of them, but (laughs) he's applying right now. I I listed out a couple of things I could think of. Uh, I was trying to get as specific as I could. So I, I had my best ones. Um, there was this tweet that I posted. I read this guy who's, um, I know Steven, you read him too. Sahil. Yeah. Sahil Bloom. He, uh, he has a newsletter that you can find called curiosity chronicles. Um, and basically in his latest one, he was like, when in doubt, zoom out. The 10,000-foot view provides perspective on the manageable nature of your struggles and impressive nature of your growth. And, and next to it is this chart, which um, like we could pop up here. But essentially, it's, it's a view of like the first one is if you're looking at the day view, it's like this crazy like up and down wave like the stock market or something. And then the second view is if you zoom out, it's like this really smooth line. If you look at the zero to 10 year growth, let's say of your revenue, um, very smooth, maybe pretty linear. And, um, you know, I think as we started to get to 30 people and starting to bring on some more critical roles, you definitely get very like worried if, you know, certain people don't work out. It, it feels like just a total shitstorm. Um, but really focusing on zooming everybody out and going back to the original goal of what we're trying to do has been super helpful. Um, I think there was another thing too, that, uh, that, you know, we always try to find, I know I do try to look for different like hacks, like life hacks or, um, different, uh, business hacks or things to get to where we're going quicker. And, um, realizing that a lot of it, just came down to uh, me as a person limiting the business growth. So it was like literally not just delegating as well as possible or just not getting out of the way as well as possible, not letting other people fail as well as possible. And that the fact that there probably wasn't much rocket science to it, you know, it's like you can, you can see another business that's a couple of years ahead of you. And um, there's no real like, like hidden mojo generally. It's just like they hired the right people. They then hired sales. They funneled the sales in, they fulfilled the sales. And, you know, um, there wasn't uh, a genie, um, behind there. And so, um, anyway, so I, I thought that was, it is just like, who, who's really in control and, and, and just doing some really good self-reflection of how much in the way are you being, um, once ultra specific one I wrote down too was Google ads. I think so for Google ads for us has been a big driver of, of huh. traffic. People that are searching for specific keywords, like ultra specific keywords of looking for shop management software. And it's hard to find an agency to do this and to manage it. And so me learning the basics and like 50% of it to be decent made it so that I could offload it. And, um, before we hired like three different agencies and never worked, it was just total waste of money, but really learning that basic, you know, turned out to be such a huge lead driver, right? I mean, anybody searching, um, 
such a specific keyword that your business can fulfill that service for turned out to be really, really great. And, and Bruce, um, did you learn how to do that? Or you said you hired someone no, to do first, that? Well, first I did hire to do someone agencies. first. Yeah. And then, um, through COVID, you know, we, we cut them out to try to save some money. And then I jumped in and really spent time every single week. So every Monday I had an hour blocked off first thing in the morning to go into it, learn about negative keywords, campaigns, bidding strategies, you know, keywords to bid on, um, the analytics of it, really dialing in the call to action, like all this stuff. And I, again, I'm probably 50% of the way there as far as knowing the tool, maybe less, but now I can offload it better to say, Hey, here's what I want you to do every single week versus, Hey, I need you to help drive more leads to us because ad agencies are so motivated by just dollars spent. Like they want you to spend more money so that they can make more off of your project. Um, but we didn't need to spend more. It was really just dialing it in better and optimizing the spend that we had. Bruce, it almost sounds like you got nerdy about one thing this year and became a ninja at it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like you learn a new skill. It's like you learn how to play the piano or something, and now you're like, oh, crap, we can play the piano at Printavo. And That's I don't cool. know if that was the best time spent, but, I mean, you know, it's directly correlated to sales, so I figured... Uh, you know, what, what more can an owner really help do except really drive more top of funnel? So, um, I think some of my bad ones, um, you know, I think we talk about a lot about this, but it's just not hiring management sooner. I'm not exactly sure of the revenue marker, like per manager, but like a, a true real manager for sales for tech. We did do that earlier correctly, but not for sales and success and getting these other things off the plate. It is so interesting to see now with the PE firm and new ownership here that they implemented new management in a quarter in three months, right? It was CEO, uh, James, who we had on the show is really great learning the ropes of everything, learning where there's holes missing and saying, okay, great. So here's what the people that you have that are good. And here's the people that you have that are not so good at, at management. Here's the people I need to go hire. And then he just went on a, you know, a terror finding the right people and getting them in the right seats. Um, and now he can be more high level and make those like decisions based off the weekly traction, uh, uh, EOS, um, uh, what do you call it? Scoreboard. So, uh, I highly admire that just because I think we talk about it, but it never really happens. And part of it is just revenue. Like you just need money to spend to hire, but also we just don't get to it. It's like the, the item on the bottom of the list that gets pushed down after every week. Justin at Oklahoma shirt company, do you guys have like a fleshed out? Like, is, is there a direct report for everyone? Like, is there, is there like a lot of middle management? What's that lot like? I see it in tech, but I'm curious to know, like you as a small business owner, that's obviously grown a pretty big ship. What's it like for you guys? Yeah, it's me. Um, and then on my team is an art director, a, uh, operations manager, a customer care manager, and then my, uh, helper Tess. And then like me and Tess have a small team. That's really this admin team. That's me and Tess and Madison. And, we, between the three of us, which Tess and Madison have done a great job, and that's what's largely allowed me to 
go help chill in the way in which it needed to be needed was they were able to keep the day-to-day operations alive. They're in my inbox. They're, um, you know, supporting my main management team, but then the management team underneath them, like it's just departmental. So like our art department, it's Andrea and then her team, you know, there's just her and a handful of designers. And then the customer care team is similar. It's saying, and then he's got his, you know, five or six that help, you know, field all of the communication, but then production and operations is where it, it really branches out. Like Katie, the operations manager has, she's got a screen printing manager, a production manager, then she's got a embroidery miscellaneous decoration manager, then a fulfillment manager, and then a warehouse manager that then they all break out into subsequent, um, you know, leadership. So she has a, she's the only one on my team that has another meeting with like a team that she sees, you know, that's kind of analogous to me. Uh, she, so she supervises a team of five or six that then supervise their subsequent departments. I, I commend you a lot for that. So Bruce told me a long time ago, like build your org chart and just write in start writing in the names. And like this year, more than ever, people have told me like, Steven, you can't manage any more people. Like you have to get the F out of here. Like we'll take that. We'll take that. We'll take that. Um, and if you don't do that, you just, now the owner handcuffs the business. Like you said, Bruce, (laughs) it's so true, especially if you have an opinion about everything. I'm not a micromanager, but I, if I'm in a process, like I can't just like you know, I, 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 where I see one cockroach, I always assume there's a hundred. So if I see an issue, like I would jump into it and I'm recognizing that like every time I would jump into these, you know, sub things, I end up doing damage, hurting people's feelings, slowing down my process, my purview of the things that I'm supposed to be doing gets out of whack. And so it's, I've swung probably a little too hard. I, that's 2023 for me is kind of coming back to balance I kind of mm. like was all in chill and le- largely left my team. But I've also built it to my team. They don't want me. We meet once a week, you know, and largely that meetings for me. And it's, hey, what are you doing? What's going on? What are the issues? Uh, what do we need to decide as a team? Any big red flags? And then I get to air out all of my grievances about the people that they supervise and the processes and how things can be better. And then they take that and then do with it as they see fit. That's that works for us, though. You know, my and I asked my team, I used to, Steve, and I used to do one on ones with everybody. I hated it. Not everybody, but the people I supervise. I was finding myself doing seven one on ones a week every because I was trying to be the best version of manager I could. And I ended up just half assing all of it or canceling Mm -hmm. or like, hey, we're not doing like then I just realized, like, do y'all if y'all need this, then let's do it. But I'm not a I'm not a people developer. I'm the, I try to be, I'm just a hard worker and I, I don't want many dependencies to be on me. I just want to be here working and doing the things that I need to be doing or making the things better. I, I've tried to remove myself from all of the dependencies of Oklahoma Shirt Company, Sands, like big, really finances, you know, really like just, Hey, how are these bills getting paid? Or, and I'm even trying to let those things go more and more into my support team of, Hey, can they, can there be a, a set of time that goes by where they're largely paying bills and managing, you know, payroll and cash flow and things that, so that's where I want to be. I want to build it. I want this thing to be stable enough where I can just say here and, um, you know, it be operational. All right. Let's keep going. 
Well, actually, wait, real quick to wrap this up. Was there any best or worst marketing campaign that you guys did? Yes. The worst was we don't really market. We said, I mean, we have a billboard and we had, which we don't have anymore. And then a newsletter that I'm, that we're questions, questioning the efficacy of, and if we should continue doing it or not. And, but so bad, bad Oklahoma shirt company gets an F as far as marketing this year, but we're busy. You know, we had a 16% growth this year. So I don't, I don't know what you do. You know, do you market? I don't want to invent it's both. So yeah, bad. We haven't done good marketing. Um, I think the problem that we have when it comes to marketing is we come up with a idea and it's a shiny thing and it seems fun for the marketing team to do. Like we're recruiting students. So we want to record a video and do all these stickers and a thousand dollars later and two days of filming. Like what did we do? So I think our, our worst decision <laughs> is, you know, sometimes we emotionally make decisions for marketing that aren't data driven. Um, just because they're fun to fit the role of marketing. Um, we've had a few of those. And I want to clarify, I, I say we don't market. Like, largely our marketing strategy is generosity. Like, we just, we generally say yes to everybody who asks, can you donate? Can you be a sponsor? Can you in-kind this or in-kind that? And the answer is 99% of the time, yes. And so I think that that's where, so we are marketing. It's just not a calculated, measured. It's just a, we try to be out there as much as we can. And live screen printing. Live screen printing is the best marketing that a screen printer can do. Fair, no more live printing for you? I can barely print dead. (laughs) (laughs) Not alive. (laughs) Uh, Let's learn to print under under the roof. Let's learn to print under the roof before we, we, we leave the building. Um, (laughs) We do take heat press on site with, uh, with our pneumatic ones. That's kind of cool. Um, all right. Uh, Justin, worst job you took this year, silver lining and double edged as most things are, but there was a shop that, um, there's a lot of backstory into, but they, um, their owner reached out to me and basically said, Hey, we're shutting down our production. Um, and we want to move all of our printing and embroidery to you. And I want you to help me get rid of our equipment. And they had several, um, like reoccurring revenue products, um, specifically shirt of the months. And, uh, and I said, you bet. And basically I worked out a deal with them where I said that I valued all their equipment and all their stuff, which was about half a million bucks. And, um, and then I said, I'll take all of that. And then I'll distribute, I'll, we'll either keep it for ourselves, upgrade our own processes, which buying used screen printing equipment is never like that. It was all M and R machines, uh, which are great in their own respects, but you know, having a workhorse shop and an M and R shop just is incongruent. So, um, I took all of their embroidery equipment, which was where we needed the biggest like upgrade along with three of their very seasoned, um, operators, which was where we needed, we needed a lot of help in embroidery. Um, so we picked, we doubled our horsepower in embroidery. Um, but basically the deal was the sale (coughs) was we provide all these services to you at a, at wholesale pricing. And I'm going to essentially like give you 400 grand in trade out. So they, they basically had access to our, all of our capacity. Um, and I, 
I was pretty upfront. I thought about like you just get wholesale pricing. Y'all still have to purchase all of the blanks and drop ship them to us. Um, as the deal got closer and closer <laughs> to completion, uh, it was revealed to here. me that the expectation was for us to purchase all of the blanks, which is a completely different cash flow issue than um, us Flavor. just providing printing. Yeah, you know, and consumables, which are which is nothing. You know, consumables are the easiest, are the cheapest, and then labor is the second, and then the garments are just. So we looked up, dude, they ran us dry. I mean, I was, I basically made zero money for four months um, because they used, they, they hit their, they got their, um, they got all of their credit in about four months. So they burned through about $380,000 worth of uh, blanks and labor and consumables, uh, at our expense. Uh, and we had all the equipment, we got all the things. So like it, there was no fleecing, but, uh, I did not realize how broke that was going to make me. <laughs> and so, uh, we've survived. Um, we're still injured, but, um, and you know, the, we still pr print for them. They have several businesses, but as soon as we finished, excuse me, as soon as we finished our agreement, they uh, took all of the business because I was counting down. We had a spreadsheet. We were tracking all the jobs. And then as soon as they hit zero, we let them know like, okay, great. This next round of POs, we want to figure out how you're going to start paying us because what we had done is agreed upon pricing and it was competitive. And then there was the trade out agreement. And then I was just waiting like, okay, hey, we've hit the bottom of the tank. We're out of gas, but it's okay because they're going to now give us a hundred to $150,000 a month in contract printing. And then they sent the business elsewhere. So God damn. Yeah, dude, that hurt. Um, oof. Yeah, oof is right. And we had hired and we I'd also not only did we take three of their embroidery people, we took like six of their production people. And um, I was planning on like, OK, we have just um, amoebaed this other print shop and um Turns out what they did was my price. There's another larger. There's another large printer here in Oklahoma. They just took it over and there, and they had well before we worked out the whole trade out deal. We had been bidding on. They were shutting down their production and like, okay, who's going to be our new manufacturer? Is it going to be company A or company B? And they secured our, which is smart. Everything they did was smart. Their business was purchased by private equity. And so they had outside people that didn't give a shit about us or relationship. And like, I'm largely dealing with people that I have pretty good relationships with. Um, so then when it just came down to brass tacks, it was like, well, when we agreed upon how much you were going to charge us to print, we also had a secondary agreement with these people, how much they would charge us to print. Our printing was higher, but they were going to benefit the re they were going to benefit like getting rid of all their equipment and all of their uh, production headaches. And so once they burned through all of that, they just flipped to the cheaper printer. And then I said, Hey, can I have an opportunity to earn this business? And they're like, well, well it'll go out for bidding next year. And when it does, then, you know, we'll happily consider you guys. So, Oof. Cool. Mm. Huh. That one's hard Oof. to beat. There you go. I don't think I can beat but that. Um, <laughs> you don't need to. I ain't going to try and beat that. There ain't nothing to beat. <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, what about what about any best ones? What's your biggest sale? That too. That yeah. too. Well, so their embroidery, you know, their 
there's one of their other companies that my buddy that was the CEO of, he's still the CEO of this other company that they were together. Now they're apart. You know, he just sent us a PO for like 2,800 <coughs> hats, which is always awesome. Um, and so it was kind of both like they sent us an enormous. So the biggest sales, they were our biggest, they overnight became our biggest customer. Um, and then three months, four months later, they became a no longer our customer. So they had very large POs. I mean, they were, again, do the math, like 100 to 150 grand worth of contract printing in a three to four month period. That's a lot of POs. Um, and they weren't small. Like they were all minimum order quantities were like 500 to 750 pieces. I mean, it was the sweet spot. But, so next you. time you Amoeba shop, you'll get a, or you'll do something different. <laughs> well, I will, but also these opportunities are so few and far between, you know, and each one of them looks different and they all have different personalities and they all have different risks. And all you can do is just try to be better next time, you know, and try to be a little more diligent next time and take better care of it next time. Um, okay. I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to do a worse job. Um, I like now that we're working with a lot of athletes and influencers, we get hit up by very random people that think they're famous or that are maybe famous <laughs> and they want you to do a bunch of stuff for them. Um, and there were a couple of occasions where we're talking like high profile NBA, you know, trying to do a couple things and we rolled Say out his the red name, cup. Steven. Nope. Tell me a name. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Jabron uh, Hames. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go if you go. Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, rolled out the red carpet. We're building stuff. We're working. And, and these are all like new employees we have on our team that are super excited about it. Um, and they just got, you know, we probably put in five, $10,000 of building e-commerce solutions, sampling, being on calls late night, we need this, that, and the whole thing kind of flopped in our face. Um, and so I think we learned there, we don't care who you are. Um, you know, we have to see a track record or we have to charge for it. Um, and that was a, a big learning moment. Um, usually, I'm calculating a lot of those risks and I'm the one building a lot of that stuff. And I used to build that. Um, but now that we have people on the team, they'll, they would say things like, Oh, I'll just work all weekend on this to get this thing up. I want to really impress them. And you're like, okay, whatever. If you want to go above and beyond. Um, and so that was, you know, that was something that I learned really quickly. Um, of, of, uh, of, yeah, of the, of the fame doesn't necessarily mean dollar bills. So Wait, wh why did it crash and burn at the end, or did uh, you just so cut like it, it off? So like it really depended on them and their market, and uh -huh. they just weren't good marketers. Oh, um, they didn't sell anything. Yeah, so they didn't sell anything. Um, and then they still, you know, we're putting out a five ten thousand dollars solution, and we're selling six shirts. Um, and so you know, um, and then we have to turn it on them and say, ah, it's not going to work out. And I have to get in the call and be like, hey, this isn't going to work. And we kind of just look like bozos. And so we learned, you know, we learned that very quickly. Um, be careful not to roll out the red carpet um, just because they're a big name. Um, on the flip side, we're a best sale. Um, one of our university partners called us and said they sell a lot of posters. And we're like, what do you mean? And they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll sell these like basketball posters. And so we threw together this store for them, 25,000 posters at 12 bucks a piece later, we were rolling posters and shipping them out. Um, 
for a basketball team. And that was Where sick. Where were you getting the posters from? Down the street. Um, we made athletes like 15 grand in the process. We had no idea what we were doing. The hardest part was like not getting paper clip paper cuts when we were rolling posters. <laughs> um, but yeah, but that, what does 15,000 posters look like? Is that like really thick or they posters are so heavy. They're like bricks. Like yeah. when, when you see 500, I mean, you can't carry They're like, they're, they're like weight. Um, and so, yeah, we, we said yes to it. And that was another one where we're like, mm, I don't know. Um, and then they told us, they're like, no, 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 this is legit. People are going to buy them. And we're like, okay, fine, we'll do it. And it popped. So how do you tell? Like, you just, you just can't, right? You just, you know, it, hope you got more wins than losses. Look, I had to say, I said yes to two opportunities that I both, you know, and one, one, one that I didn't think was going to blow up, you know, like yeah. went off. And the one that I thought was going to do amazing flopped. Right. It's like um, making masks. You know, you just have to be ready. You have to go. <laughs> if you see opportunity, go for it. Like all of us yeah. regret making masks, but all of us were like, hell yeah. I was just, you do it, you know, cause you I see remember when Justin purest... figured out how to like cut the masks or something late night, you had like a clicker a press, clicker press, clicker press. I mean, we don't print posters, but we learned how to, if someone wants 20,000 posters, we'll figure out how to, how to ship them. Um, do you order 20,000 tubes? Um, yeah. We're going so Bro, somewhere. What bottom. kind of U-line wow. like sweet things did you get? What's the you get like the did you get a Mercedes that was blue from U-line? No, we just got a lot of magazines. <laughs> <laughs> you get a magazine. You get a magazine. Yeah. There's only uh, so many like camouflage Yeti cups and like small grills that one can have. Like everybody at Christmas party, you're, you're the powered power by U-line. Tubes don't ship well in bulk, so we we're like pallets were coming in. It was it was it was fun. Oh my uh, fun god! Skids, sir. Skids. skids. You were buying poster tubes by the skid. Poster tubes by the skid. Uh, Bruce, wild. Uh, best and worst customer for you. <laughs> <laughs> I look. I don't have a best. I mean, our, our customers aren't. You know, you, you pay a flat rate for the most part, so it's not. Um, uh, you know, there's no real standout per se, but I, I think the worst one though is just cutting off toxic uh, customers and sooner. I, What's I was, his name? I was say his name, Bruce. <laughs> Frank didn't name his. So I, you know, no, I, I legally actually can't. Um, we had to go through uh, some issues there, but like, um, but yeah, I, you know, I think I didn't realize how draining it was on the team too. It, you know, for me, it's like, ah, you know, it rolls off the shoulder or whatever. Like I, I got other things to do. Um, but gosh, such a fresh air, breath of air for everybody in the company when you just kill off toxic customers. So that's um, the Bruce, I, I would say even for you, like you started turning off your notifications a little more on the Facebook stuff just so that like you could focus mm. on running the business and not get caught in Drag the keyboard down. warrior God. haterade. Um, I don't know. There were a couple, couple rough nights. <laughs> yeah. No, I think actually that's a really good one. I didn't even think about that. And, and maybe that's like a good life one too. It's just uh, like less channels of people that can reach out. I, I think it, but what's weird is right. Like you have to do it when you're small, but then it's like, when, when do you transition to not, um, to having enough momentum? I'm not exactly sure. And maybe it's a team size thing where somebody can be dedicated to it, whether it's an account management or support thing, but absolutely trying to 
just do once a week or something. You're right. Um, okay. Best slash worst hire. Uh, we don't have to name names here, but I think roles and, and probably if you could give context around the size that you guys are for the role that to know when it's most appropriate. I'll lead. So probably my favorite part of this year was that I got to hire a couple of my close friends. I hired a CFO, um, who is a CPA and is the smartest human I know when it comes to money and has known me for 10 years and knows how I operate. And he's the complete opposite of me. He was in my wedding. Um, and then being able to hire a CTO, um, who may have been an early engineer at Printavo, uh, and then hiring our NIL director who may have been an early employee at Printavo, who's also in my wedding, <laughs> um, and a bunch of other great people. But being able to literally say like, yo, we're doing this now, let's go. Um, that, that has been the highlight of my thirties in this, this year. Worst hire, I went 0 for 2 on a production manager. So um, you had to cut bait <laughs> twice. Was it and, a brick or ugh. an air ball? Uh, both. both. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Half court brick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> had to cut bait twice. Um, and I struck out really hard and thinking I had some awesome people and spent a ton of time and, and um, like a bad organ transplant just didn't, didn't work. Um, and I think in those worst hires, I fired really quick within four to five weeks. I was going to so. say you did an incredible job though, of cutting the slack fast. Um, I'm not good at that. And that was like, you know, you well, went in with a machete and just, I you think, know. you know, Justin, right? Like when you have an awesome employee and then you have a less than awesome employee, it's black and white. You're yeah. just like, no, this isn't going to work. We got it. We got to just rip it off now. You probably get really good at firing people now, Justin, right? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, that production manager too, is your quarterback. You know, and if right. if you you know talent instantly, and if they can't, you, the clock is running, and there's not time to wait around for development. Especially when you're trying to replace somebody um, that's has been doing it. I can't imagine. I thought I was going to have to do it earlier on, um, like a few years ago. That's thankfully a bridge that I never have had to cross. Justin, best and worst hire for you? Definitely the uh, the aqua hires. You know, when we picked up that business, the um, those the are those are big, team. big investment words. Yeah, the embroidery <laughs> talent was just water in the desert. We needed it. Um, we've never been able to. Uh, and I have a new. I had a new operator, like a new embroidery department manager, and that's something that we've just never gotten right. Um, so having them, uh, that team, was great because we were always begging and borrowing from different departments. Like when our capacity and embroidery would spike like we would just need extra trimmers or we would need people to run machines and it was just kind of like it was like the early days of printing a little more than you probably should you know and it's just fast and loose and reckless and that's ah, fine you know but uh, over time that just became very erosive with like trying to find stability so that and then the worst probably the aqua hires for production you know me just taking all of them trying to be you know, hey, yeah, come on, this is a safe place to land. We want you to have a job. We always need help. Uh, no, we ended up having to lay some people off because it was just like some of the talent was great. Some of it wasn't. And in a self, we realized real quick, too, like you don't know how good your team is until you get a turd, you know, and then when you get a turd in there, you just have to 
it's odd. It's self-selecting too. You know, when you've built good talent, they're just like, this person sucks. They got to go. And when you find that real quick, it's like Steven said, you know, it's, it's hard when it's a leader, but, um, some of those aqua hires and they weren't bad people. They just, they had worked for five years at a different business and they worked at a very different pace, different. Yeah. It's expectation, teams, culture, all the stuff. And coming here, like it looks great and everyone's happy, but it's because largely we're all high performing, you know? Wait, do you think, wait, so how, how many, like what percentage was good versus bad? Was it 80, 20, 70, 30, 50, 50? Of the people that we took on? Yeah. Uh, all of the embroidery talent was Hundo P. Um, but also they had like, so the, the hard part was, was they had like 30 employees at their company and mm-hmm. they, they cut out production and then they flipped their model to solely fulfillment and warehousing. Um, so basically what they, they got smart. They said, we're going to out, most of their product was cut and sew. And then they had some domestic decoration and they just said, oh, we'll count on Oklahoma Shirt Company to do our domestic decoration. And then all of our cut and sew will come from overseas because they're ordering. These are Instagram brands that are crushing. And so um, they said, we're going to take all of this staff and flip them into be fulfillment warehouse workers. And then here's the list of people that are like, don't want to work in a warehouse that are career decorators or, you know, we're not, we don't have a spot for them. And of this list of people, here's the top 10. And so we took the top 10 and the top three were their embroidery department. I mean, they just said, no matter what you do, you must take these three. It was my buddy Mm. telling me like, you have to take these three because they are the best. So we took them and then we took like five or six of the other top 10 that, you know, we tried to just integrate into production and none of them are still here. Wow. So it was actually maybe 30%. So embroidery was a hundo like of the 10, you know? Yeah. And then of the, of the 30 of this, was, you know, 30%. So that's it's tough. Like, I just wonder if, if, you know, if you've got multiple roles out, like, is that a viable solution to fill those in, in finding a company that's closing, which, you know, is random in itself, but, um, or is it just a little bit of a long shot, which it seems like it's kind of a long shot with this, with these percentages. It's a long shot. I got my feelings hurt because I would, I'm very proud of what we have built here. And some of them came over and they were just, it was apparent that they were incongruent with our culture. And, um, and that I realized like after I gave it a little bit of space, I recognized that These people had been at a business that wasn't thriving, that had tried to do a few different things and the ship was sinking. And then the business pivoted to save the business. And then, and it wasn't managed super well (coughs) to begin with. And so I took these already kind of, I'm not going to, I'm using the word sick, but they're not sick, but like I'm taking these people that their cultural health wasn't the greatest their employee health wasn't the greatest and so to bring them in my environment and then to try to like hey welcome you know hey guys we love you here's some shirts like hey fuck you dude this industry sucks dick i'm out like that's real (laughs) you know what i'm saying like there's like there's there's only a point that's a a worker you know doesn't have loyalty to me doesn't have loyalty to oklahoma shirt company doesn't have loyalty to the trade they're just like hey i gotta work because i gotta feed my family and i gotta pay these bills and i already hate my job and so now i'm coming over here and i'm gonna do the same thing it's like you know i don't like basketball so it doesn't matter how you try if you have someone you try to get them to play basketball they're still not gonna like basketball you know 
Yeah. No matter how yeah, good um, the team is. One, one of the things that um, with the PE firm and our, our ownership change is that they were, they really emphasized the first six months, just do nothing. Like just get to know each other, just spend time together, like go fly out, go meet, you know, do this and that. And, and me, I'm just like, let, we need action. Like, let's go, let's build stuff. Like, are we integrating? What are we doing? Like we need a leader, blah, 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 blah. But um, looking back in hindsight now and, and seeing things like this, like, yeah, the cultural aspect, you sort of look at the hardware of it. So, you know, in our case, it's the products. In your case, it was the hardware or like equipment and and some of the pieces, the people in the different seats. Um, but the invisibles with merging are, are definitely a very core com- uh, component that's undervalued. Yeah. Um, all right, I, I wrote two. Uh, the first, the, I, I would say the worst was more of a theme, which was I underhired significantly probably over the last three years. Um, so continuing into uh, a, a probably I'd say a bit more in 2022. But um, I think that was just, I mean, Steve and I talk about this, like I'm a lot more conservative as far as like, I want to calculate it. I want it to know that's going to drive this ROI. Then I'm going to make that decision. And then we're going to the next one and continue forward. Um, but if I would have taken a bigger swing for sure, you know, I th- think we would have uh, moved forward faster, but uh, that was my worst. I'd say the best one, we, because of the way of tech right now and laying off a lot of folks, we have been able to scoop up some good engineering talent. So that's awesome. Like very, very talented people. That was such a headwind for us for the whole time for years and years and years in such a bull market. And just, you know, people are getting tossed all kinds of salaries and perks and benefits and all that stuff. So that's been huge. And then um, not to suck up, but this is going to sound like it is. Uh, I think we like grabbed a really good CEO. So uh, James is like, you know, the way he thinks about stuff and he approaches problems is, is very different than I would. And I think is like a mature more state. It's like, I feel like it would be me, but in, you know, looks five, like you, 10 years. Yeah. We do have some odd similarities visually. Um, but like <laughs> the way he like thinks about things and like steps out of problems and just like sort of let stuff happens. Like, all right, cool. Like, let me know next week. I, I am so much more of the, like, no, no, no. I, I'm going to order those that the new hire kits and get it set up and everything and like figure out the vendor and, and order it and blah, blah, blah. Uh, because I want it done a hundred percent my way and, and right or right quote unquote. So anyway, there's a lot of things I'm taking notes on and just watching, uh, in areas that I got to get better at. So that was my best and worst. Uh-oh. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to bow out of this one cause we just don't have equipment, <laughs> but uh, we've got best and worst piece of equipment. <laughs> 2022. <laughs> All right. Who wants to kick this off? Justin, you want to go first? Um, <laughs> I was trying to give, I was trying to swing it over. All right, fair. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. T- talk to us about directive film, Stevie. Stevie, baby. Right. You want to uh, kick off the worst one? Why don't you start with the best one first? Eric's Heat Presses. Well, oh, what's the company? East West Machines. All right. East West East Machines. West uh, Eric Solomon, Night Owl Printing, he's bringing these heat presses over. They're green. They're freaking amazing. Best heat presses in the game. Get them from him. You'll see them at Long Beach. There's his plug. Um, these heat presses are incredible. 
Um, but we did bring a couple of other uh, cool machines in. We brought a auto hang tagger, which was pretty sick. Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, although it was totally unnecessary, but it like I just I hate the stupid hang tag guns. Um, yeah. So that was sick. And uh, where'd you I get think that? China. Um, China. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then best worst piece of equipment is the DTFs. And I'm not going to go down that road cause you can watch an hour long episode on it and you will understand why DTF has changed our business. Um, DTF is also a pain in our ass. Um, just buy from right. super knowing, knowing what you know now, what's the, if I'm in the market to buy a DTF machine or if I'm going to buy a DTF machine, what, what is, what do you advise? To he do? wants the TLDR. TLDR. Um, I mean, I've been using the mongoose from DTF Superstore. Um, <coughs> it's fine. I'm curious to see at long beach what, what new ones are coming out at the end of the day. It comes down to the rip. Um, it comes down to the rip and the print heads. All the print heads are the same, and then it comes down to support. So if companies are switching ink on you and their support sucks, you're going to be SOL. Um, but, yeah, it's – I mean, we print – We it runs nonstop. We have two of them. They print five to 600 transfers a day. Um, it's allowed us to do some crazy cool things. Um it's also been really, really challenging. Never, never a dull moment with, uh, with DTFs. So that's, that's my worst and best. Justin, what about you? Um, it could be on the grow side too. Did you bring in any fun t- oh, toys? Hondo P that's where it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's uh, yeah, that's what I was. There's so many new like toys. We have this machine that is all made out of acrylic and it'll make 100 like pro level pre-rolls at once. Like you take all the flour and then you put it in and there's like, then you have a hundred of something instant. So with, uh, we have a machine that's a freeze dryer, which is the tech, the, the like keystone tech to make rosin. So you, you grow the best indoor flour that you can, then you wash it in this like real, like making chili type of like process, which is super cool. And then, um, you get this like, um, what would you call it? like brandy ice or like Jamocha shake type consistency, this like tan, pretty, uh, smoothie. And then you put it in these trays and it goes inside of a freeze dryer and a freeze dryer freezes all of the stuff inside of it. And then it pulls a really hard vacuum, which causes sublimation and it gets all the water out. So it makes it stable and it's food grade. And then you have this like really nice sand that you then put inside of this, like really overbuilt heat press that you squish and it makes this honey, which is rosin, which is super cool. Um, so definitely like cannabis tech is pretty cool. Um, the embroidery equipment that we got this year, you can never, like I'm just reminded over and over the years, anytime you can invest in embroidery, it's not a bad thing. I mean, embroidery is just, um, you can't half ass it though. You know, if you, you got a whole ass embroidery or it's the worst, it's probably what kind of very machines, similar. What kind of machines do you get? Uh, we have Tajima. I've been buying Tajima machines as we kind of started taking it seriously. And then when we acquired that shop, it was, they brought, they were a ZSK shop. So we have, we have like 30 something heads of ZSK and then 24 or 26 or something heads of, um, Tajima. What do you like better? I don't know. I'm not a decorator. I, I like, 
the, to, they, they're all brand new and they all work. And when they don't work, someone comes and fixes them. That's what matters. You know, like it's that I think that to G I've liked the Tajimas because I fat, like the relationship that I have with the rep that sold them to us. Um, and like any time that we've needed something from Hirsch, like they've just been there ready to jump on it. Bruce, what's your uh, favorite feature of the year? I think ACH was really cool. Uh, we've been asked, that was like number three on the list of, you know, our, our idea board, which I do check out. Uh, I screen every week, I get a summary. I think that was really cool. And then also the, the whenever I log into accounts to help folks with stuff, I do see the invoice fees being used a lot, like the default ones. Um, and uh, so that, you know, took... Justin, do you use fees yet? A long time. Well, the fees is awesome. What are you okay. using for? Credit card fees. Ooh. Automatically. You're not supposed to do that. What? No, it's it's legal in Illinois. You're fine. I don't I know, know what's I've, legal in Oklahoma. You've been talking about rosin and 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 all that, so I'm I'm working. Everything's legal in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, fees have been awesome. All right, um, let's keep moving on here. Best and worst. Wait, hold on. What's hold up? on. Hold on. Do you automatically like have a fee that? kicks into each invoice that charges that offsets the processing fee uh basically what you can do is say add if the payment type is this add this fee on the invoice Uh, and so right something like that so basically in our payment request it says if you are paying by check please let us know and we will remove the fee i just made so you had an instant like three percent boost to your bottom line I mean, if you, I mean, I don't know what your stripe looks like, but it's probably a lot bigger than mine. And so, uh, yeah, you can totally do it. And people understand it now. They do it at gas stations. So why don't we? All right. I'll, the only thing I have to say to this is make sure that you check. It's legal uh, in your state. It's Bruce. Whatever yeah, Bruce does not laws, stand behind this message. We don't, we don't uh, condone this. We, you know. We release invoice fees. Shops can use it, but yeah, it's a convenience fee for Campus Inc. Not endorsed by Printavo. You're welcome, Justin. If Oklahoma just grew by three percent, it's taking a lot of notes. (laughs) Heck yeah, Yeah, I'm taking notes. Um, Okay, personal life choices, best and worst. Um, Bruce, you want to lead us off? Okay, I've got a little bit of a longer list, but I thought about this. I put some time thinking about this because um, a year is a long time. The, f- the first thing, although I only started doing in the last um, month or so, is if, if I don't have any meetings scheduled early, I can start my day at 9 and I could go to the gym in the morning or run or something. Something I, I hated morning workouts before, but now for some reason I just have insane energy. Like it's like I drank a mug of coffee <clears throat> from that workout and I'm just like so fired up to take on the day. That's pretty cool. Bruce, do you um, surf in the morning? I can't. I mean, I like to if I have the time. Yeah. <sighs> I got to get up early. Got to get out, you know, but yeah, for sure. If the weather's good, it's been super rainy out here recently. Darn. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get good. If there's any shop owners that serve, hit me up. Um, I have found that moving meetings. So, so I found that my morning time, like start time to noon is like super good focus. I can, I can like bang out so much work. And then I've also found that maybe, 
8 p.m. to 10-ish or something is this other weird random focus time. And so the opposite times is when I put meetings in. So I'll move meetings essentially into the afternoon. Like if it's scheduled in the morning, it's because it absolutely had to be for some reason. But I view that as a waste of like my most efficient uh, work time. That's been awesome. Um, nailing down meal kits. Steven, you sent me this. Factor, is it called Factor 75? Is that what it's called? No, it's just Factor. 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 Yeah, it is. Factor75.com. They have been awesome. Uh, They're meal kits. I think it's about... It's a bougie lean cuisine. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's like $13 (laughs) per meal. Um, You know, it goes down if you order more for the family or whatever. But yeah, awesome. Uh, Actually tastes good, which I found... They're not frozen. Freshly. Yeah, freshly. And some of these others like literally taste like mush. Um, that saves so much time and I don't enjoy cooking. So that's great. Uh, another thing with the working out, cause I think it helps my mental fitness now. If like I don't regularly go is just joining a nicer gym. That's just like clean, feels good. I'm wearing like nicer clothes, like all that stuff. Um, I tried to go to like a YMCA and, um, <laughs> it was, so uh, I had never been to a YMCA and it was just like, it, it Who was are all these poor people? I can't hang out with these guys. Is that Bruce, what you're like? Planet, like, Bruce, you don't like Planet Fitness? <laughs> that, that place is probably fine. I've never been to Planet Fitness either. Uh, but Bruce, like, just how much do you, you spend know. at Lululemon a year? Show no, us I don't the tax buy returns. As much. Um, I have a mix of stuff. I have a mix of uh, Target stuff, Lulu stuff, Sanmar, S and S. If it fits, if it fits right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Another <laughs> like personal one. I got a digital picture frame. There's this thing called Aura, A-U-R-A, and it's maybe 100, 150 bucks. Um, I find you take so many pictures on your phone, but you never see it again. So I now send so many as I take them to this picture frame and I put it in our bedroom, like by the TV or on a nightstand or whatever, and you actually see these and it rotates. So cool. I do, mean, there's so many memories. Do you just share memories. it to your like iCloud? Does it just connect to your like? Yeah, albums? it goes up. No, no, you have to like send it. So it's like ah. as part of the app. You know, you send the photos super quick, but like you actually remember these memories, which you don't. Huh. You know, you're just so busy, you never see these things again. Um, all right, the next one I have is, uh, I think Stephen, you brought this up too, but just saying no more often to different calls or Zooms. It's like. Gosh, um, just to get on a Zoom, it's just like I feel like a drag. Like it's just, you know, you're waiting for it and, and all that time and everything. So either delegating it off or just like, hey, shoot me an email with, with the, the information. Um, that's helpful. The other thing, too, is not having my phone around as, as much as possible during the day. Uh, you know, the, the the notifications and everything generally can wait anyway. So, um I, I, for whatever reason, I don't know if you guys do this, but if you like are loading something and then you're waiting or you have a break in your, your, your brain, what you're focusing on and you just look at your phone, I feel like there goes five minutes and then, you know, you're scrolling on something, you open an app, you check email, you're writing something else, um, total distraction. So, and I think my last one is, uh, you know, with, with the transition of Printavo and everything, Um, I've been able to spend more time and focus more on our marriage, which has been nice. Um, and so 
I think there's a question of like, how do I help improve this? And somebody wrote, if you can picture this as the first like date or the first couple of months, like what are those things that you were doing that time? Um, you know, whether it's a crazy, you know, uh, a helicopter tour of the city or like a really cool, you know, uh, omakase dinner, so something like really nice and just trying to think about that stuff more. Um, cause obviously things can get stale and slow and, you know, you just get in a routine. Okay. What's your worst personal life choice, Bruce? Oh, shoot. I didn't even think about Darn. The, the worst one. Let me, let me think about it. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, <coughs> I have to go to the gym. I just have to, I found success with losing weight with, uh, not going to the gym, but just like not eating as much, you know, and I've definitely noticed that I've, I feel weaker and I'm tired. And I, so not that it's 2023, but it is. And that's, that's certainly a focus for me is not just going to the gym for going to the gym, but how can I make sure that my physical activity is, you know, I'm hitting that and what works for me. I have to go in the morning, Bruce. If I don't, if I don't go in the morning, then it just doesn't happen because I can think of a million reasons to why to not to go or something more important always comes up and it's just easy to dismiss that to tomorrow. That's awesome. The good ones are definitely, um, it's certainly family focused. You know, my kids are in a sweet spot right now and my wife is, uh, in a sweet spot right now We're we're just enjoying family. And so I'm, I'm trying to be more guarded about travel and I'm trying to be more guarded about the things that I say yes to and, and similar strategies, Bruce, like what are the things that you can do to keep the spice alive? Um, I think my wife and I are communicating better than we have ever. Um, and I think part of that is her finally feeling safe around me and that like I'm stable and that I'm not just going a million different directions or I'm not going to blow up or lose my shit. Like it's, I've, and some of that responsibility is certainly on me of creating this, you know, stable, safe, like family unit. And as our kids, you know, as kids get a little older, things get a little easier. Um, you trade one set, excuse me, you trade one set of problems for a different one, but I certainly have felt that my wife and I are, are connecting on a different level than we have before. And, um, so that's, that's, that's very sweet. I have a whole lot of shoes that I can't wear anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and they're sitting in a warehouse, uh, just sitting. Can you sell them or no? What, and perpetuate the, uh, like that's, that's where I'm at. Like, I just kind of have these, like, maybe he'll say, I'm sorry. And like, I can wear these shoes again. But, How like, many pairs you know, of you have? How many, how many pairs? It's more than 20. Oh, that's a wow. lot of colorways. Okay. We're talking about your boy built a wardrobe around it. Like that was my, like, they made me feel pretty. And also they like, I've got a wide foot. And so my foot. Now I just wear shoes. The, I, I only wear shoes that I get on Instagram now. Like it's Adams, A-T-O-M-S and Allbirds. And it's for the same idea. Like it's that sock, that sock material. Also, I'm 38. Who am I? I don't need to wear fucking Yeezys anymore. Like I can just get shoes <laughs> that I look like a normal dad. You, and yeah, you can do sandals or New Balance. Birkenstocks. Hoka. That's what I do. Birkenstocks. <laughs> Come on team, Burke. Um, no, that that's not a poor choice. It was, but it was silly. So that was a. I don't know what a the the worst choice. Not going to the gym, probably. I need to work out. 
Do you still play disc golf as much, Justin? Man, every chance I get, not as much. You know, there was a season when it was hard. Now it's probably once every – I probably play two times a month right now. And that – it needs to be more. I was playing two or three times a week, which certainly is a was great. Now, now for me, it's just I try to hit 10,000 steps. You know, that's my – like I know rings. that I've had an active day. Yeah. And certainly being a chill – my rhythms are different because I'm kind of on the field playing with them, you know, and not coaching or not. I'm just trying to hold everyone accountable. So when I can get Osco for me is largely sitting here in my office and looking at a computer. Uh, chill is very different. You know, I'm not on a computer. I'm not using my phone. I'm using my hands and stuff. All right. Best decisions this year. Um, so, I am a, a pinball when it comes to traveling between Chicago, Champaign, Indiana, Chicago, Champaign, Indiana. Um, and one of the things Carson and I tried to do is make sure we had a good spot in all of them so we could do it together. Um, so it's not like, hey, I'm going here, you're going there. It's like, oh, we can go spend three days together there, two days together there, three days together there. So that was a big thing we tried to do, just knowing that um, our jobs are all over the place. Um, which is cool. I, I think one thing that I was trying to do a lot more this year is like looms instead of zooms. So instead of calling a meeting, can I record a five minute video? And likewise, if someone needs to meet with me, can they give me a quick loom or recording instead of, uh, instead of zooming? Um, because I think to your point, Bruce, my schedule just gets attacked. And so I've been protecting it a lot more. Like I won't take meetings later in the week. Um, we just push them on to the next week. And I think I always try to be like a meeting hero, like, oh, yeah, I'll top on a 15 minute call. Oh, yeah, no problem. And now it's like, no, just put them put them next week. Um, if it's not that important, put someone else on the call. And I think I tried to always be on every call like, ooh, I want to be on that call or ooh, I want to be on that call. And this year it's been like, nope, you take that call and let me know how it goes. Um, and that's helped me out a bit. Um, a cool life decision. Um, me and Carson lived in LA for a month. Um, that was pretty cool. We did that in January and, uh, I don't know. It was like studying abroad. Um, we only lived a block away from Bruce, (laughs) uh, but that was super cool. Um, and then, um, a couple things that I did, like I said earlier, um, I got a therapist, I got a sales coach, I got a personal trainer. Um, I just can't stress how important that has been for me, whether it's my mental health, physical health, business health, having advisors and stuff like that, um, and not being shy about it either. I think everyone thinks there's taboo with it, and all of that stuff is is super helpful, and uh, it's been super good for me. Um, worst life choice, buying a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Justin. <laughs> uh, Justin can relate. Um, gas is expensive. Um, you have to be the captain all the time. Um, we'll see how next summer goes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it breaks down. <laughs> oh, your your hand also too. Oh yeah, sometimes when the lake's low, you can get stitches because you know you're trying to dock it with no one else. And, you know, docking a boat builds happy marriages, right, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah there you go i wish i had a worse to share but we'll we'll keep it rolling um let's do just do favorite book or podcast or newsletter something that like you you know uh started following and, and really picked and pulled a lot of stuff from um i can kick it off um i read a book called psychology of money 
which I thought was really interesting. Um, it just talked about how, uh, uh, you want to um, really think about your life in terms of, of creating more fulfilling experiences. I, I think just focusing on work for so long, um, like how do you shift that to, 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 you know, instead of the next dollar or, or revenue metric, it was like the things that, that created memories for, you know, family or, or parents, things like that was, or the team, um, that was really cool. And then also, uh, I have to mention, which I mentioned before, Sahil Bloom's Curiosity Chronicle newsletter. Um, subscribe to that. It's really cool of just like personal life improvements um, uh, and just things that are sometimes are just reminders. Like go go take a walk. Like I know you're slammed, but like go like walk around the block for 15 minutes without your phone um, to help reset. And then, of course, the book traction. Um, any oh, you, sort of Bruce, you finished it this year? I'm, you know, 75, 80% <laughs> finished. I got the gist, you know, uh, and that's how I was when I, when I was learning the code, I, I read this book like 70% through and then I stopped and I'm like, all right, cool. And then just started typing away. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that book, I, I should reread that one too. It's such a great, powerful book that really helped to get us on the right page. Like when stuff started to feel like it was out of control. All right, what's your favorite? Who's next? Steven, you want to go? I'll go. Um, all, right. all right, favorite podcast. Uh, if you don't already know, it's My First Million. Um, I was fortunate enough to be on there to pitch, but um, I've gotten to know um, a couple of the guys on there and just follow their journey. Of I tell Bruce this, they're like a little bit ahead. Like they're definitely way ahead of us, but it's cool to see you know, people out there that have succeeded, exited, had financial success in business and life. Um, and to be slightly removed from them, but to look at them as like a model of like, Oh shit, that's what they're doing. Um, so been loving listening to them. And then, um, uh, as far as a book, high output management, um, written by the, Mm. um, founder of, or not founder the CEO of Intel before the internet was out. Um, which is really cool to talk about things like task maturity um, and and you know the power of of management and there's just there's just a ton of cool shit in there so um, we have used that a ton in our business and I've really enjoyed it so those are my two Justin what do you got uh, for me okay there's this podcast out there that's called this may not be the best but it's just a diamond um, there's a it's called um, Shit, I wrote it down. Where's it? Oh, it's called The Connect. And episode, I think it's seven, it's called I Was Forced to Smuggle Drugs in Prison. Wild. Just wild. Like, just because it's this guy that was in prison and he just gives this uh, unedited tale of uh, his time in prison and how he kept alive and what he did and what he didn't do and what others did. And anyway, it's just fascinating. Like it's not going to make you a better business or anything. It's just like pure recreational podcasting. Um, the, there's a book called one minute manager. I mean, it's, I, I read it again this year. It's a, it's a short read. Um, but it's, it's just a reminder to someone who's lead, who at the end of the day, like if you're responsible for leading people, um, it doesn't have to be this huge grandiose thing. Like little things that happen consistently are really the most significant things that help move the ball down the field. 
Um, you said newsletters, Bruce. I get I there, I get a few each morning that I've found myself like not unsubscribing to, and one of them's called Shift S H I F T, and then one of them's called Morning Brew, and the, those Love are they're just Morning like Brew. they're fantastic. They they give me like just a digest of what happened last night or what happened the day before or what's, and it's kind of like the newspaper, but global and, and like national type news. Love it. That's awesome. Farrakh, when you read those books, do you do the audiobook or do you do the Kindle? Or uh, I book? usually listen to it when I'm driving and then I buy a copy to like dig through it. I think the one thing I learned is like, it's okay to read a book out of order. Um, so I like definitely get through it and then just listen to the chapters that I like the most. Um, Got so, it. Yeah. so is the audio book kind of like just listening to a long podcast? I, I should try that. Yeah. I mean, I look at it like this, like I have a two hour drive twice a week. So if I can, if I can belt out, you know, a, if I can finish a one, a a mo- what? That's, I mean, you could get through a book a week. Or yeah. A book, I mean, a book I, I like listening to other stuff, but if I can, if I can spend like two hours just listening, um, yeah. you know, the other one that I really like is the, uh, Bob Iger one, the Disney one. Um, yeah. I forget the name of it, but, uh, but yeah, those are the fun ones to listen to cause they're like war stories. So, yeah. The ride of a lifetime. Yeah. Um, this is good. Cool. All right. I think we'll wrap it. I, I mean, we had like a prediction section, but uh, I don't know if you, that may take some time to actually think through unless you want to run through that. <laughs> Steven. Um, we said that this last year was getting everyone on the bus. Um, now it's time to drive the bus. So we at campus Inc have a pretty aggressive over. We're going to try and double the, double the size of the company in a year. So that's God. what we've got to do and we're gonna we're gonna try and do it so that's we'll God see speed, bro we'll see how it goes <laughs> Justin just goes <laughs> be cheering for you hard <laughs> go home. we'll talk we'll talk next year yeah that's my prediction but um no i mean it's gonna be aggressive we'll see what happens justin what do you got man i hope i'm kind of in this I'm, I'm, I continue to long for stability. Um, and I want predictability and I'm trying to like, just take really good care. I've got a lot of hay that's been cut down and I want to make sure that it's all put up and taken care of and proper and that we can do this for a long time. So I'm, I'm at the end of a sprint with chill. Um, and it's not the end. I'm just, I've made it through like the grind and now it's the like, okay, well now we need to show up and like, let's turn this into something and let's get organized and regimented and consistent. And so I just want to, that's for me, like I want to sleep good. I want to not worry about cash flow issues. I want stability and predictability um, because I'm just tired. And so I'm hoping that that's, I mean, that's the focus of my and my team's works this year. I'm also, some of that comes like from just, a, if I'm really being honest, like I don't, I, I, I felt like things before the pandemic were pretty somewhat predictable. Um, and now it just seems like the rules are just, there are no rules. Like it's just whatever tomorrow brings, you know, and you have to adapt. And, um, and so I don't know what this recession that's coming later in the year supposedly is going to look like. (laughs) Um, I don't know what, like, I don't know. And so I, and for me, you know, and us, like as the screen printer, a lot of our work isn't guaranteed, you know, like we're, 
we're happy when we're booked two weeks out solid. And, but we don't know what's a month after that or two months after that, other than, than, other than the like testimony of our financials and our books from the years before that surprisingly continue to just like look the same, but none of the work is guaranteed and you lose big customers or you lose big accounts and then you gain new ones. Like it's just, I don't know. It's almost like basketball where you can get a little conspiracy theorist. Like, is this rigged? You know, but it, it seems like, I don't know, like the predictability of Oklahoma shirt company is stabilizing as we get more reps of months, you know, and years under our belts. But I'm just, I want the good people that work here um, to to be able to do this for as long as they want to and to have the sense of security about it and us continue to be a generous company and all the things that come along with that. I, I'd like to just keep making some really cool content this year. Uh, I, I think we'll be able to achieve that. I want to try to do some new stuff. Um, I've got some ideas. I'm actually Is the doing the letter coming out. Well, I'm actually doing the um, this 30 for 30 challenge thing. So in that Sahil Bloom newsletter, he was like, do like 30 minutes for 30 days to build a new habit. I've never been that good at writing. So I blocked my calendar and every morning I'm, I'm, I'm writing. Um, right now it's more about tech stuff and um, uh, things that I've learned just in the past. And so did it this morning, um, did it yesterday, did it on the plane coming back. So yeah, we'll see if that, that actually builds and creates a new habit and builds some new skills. Um, and then product wise, I'd love to, for our team to, uh, revamp purchasing and reporting. That's a big one for this year that we've got on the roadmap and is like planned and they're already doing the purchasing research. Um, so I know we've been talking about that for a while. I think that was fun. Justin, thanks so much for joining. Really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me, and uh, I hope you all have a wonderful and happy new year. We'll see you in Long Beach? Yes, sir. Yeah, Long Beach is going to be fun. All right, cool. Hey, thanks for listening to the Printable Pronounces podcast. We appreciate you. Hopefully everyone has an awesome 2023. Happy New Year.